Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town. Companies, large and small, are now shifting some of their promotion dollars to influencer campaigns using social media to sell their goods. Often, these campaigns rely on an individual to raise the profile of a product on Instagram, Facebook, or another online forum. Some of the most popular and effective influencers are celebrities like Kylie Jenner. But many non-celebrities with social media followings are becoming influencers too. Todd Grossman is CEO of the Americas for international social listening and analytics company TalkWalker. And we're going to talk with him to get the inside scoop on influencer marketing. If you've ever thought about becoming an influencer or using one for one of your company's campaigns, you won't want to miss this podcast. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Charlene. It's so great to be here. Okay, well, let's begin by you explaining to us exactly what an influencer is. It's really simple. Basically, um, an influencer is exactly what it sounds like. To promote your brand, you get an influential person to share it with their followers. So we've seen these examples in the press or in sports. Um, We've seen uh, Red Bull campaigns and stunts where they've had someone like Felix Baumgartner being the first human to break the sound barrier uh, without an engine, and he was wearing a Red Bull suit. This guy was an absolute uh, influencer. And basically, an influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of his or her authority, knowledge, position, or relationship with his or her audience. Okay, well, so how does someone, do they set out to become an influencer, or or does it just happen? So there are many different types of um, influencers out there. There are the celebrity influencers, the macro-influencers who have a lot of following, uh, the micro-influencers, those nano-influencers who have fewer than 1,000 followers, uh, virtual influencers, and we could talk a little bit more uh, about that, that these aren't actually, these are like avatars out there. And then you um, also have uh, employee ambassadors who can be influencers or salespeople within a company that are posting their uh, Macy's collections on uh, Instagram. So there, there's many different ways uh, that you can become an influencer. Um, the way um, influencers get the, the very good ones is they, they're crafting a good personal brand relating to a specific niche and spend a lot of time not only building their follower base, but also engaging with them. That's, that's really important. And then after building the right presence, these people will typically reach out to brands they're interested in working with for possible partnerships or create race relationships with influencer marketing agencies or, or networks. And in fact, this can be quite lucrative. So uh, how does someone reach out to companies? Because often it's hard to find who within that company would be the person to make a deal with an influencer. How do you find out who to tap? So basically, if people are posting online about a specific brand and they have a lot of engagement and followers, these social departments within the companies or the influencer departments will definitely know who you are. They are listening out there. They have their uh, listening programs, and they'll be like, wow, this person just posted something. They have 10,000 followers, and they got 5,000 engagements on this one post. 
this is someone that maybe we should contact. Or if you uh, contact them um, through uh, going on LinkedIn and, and finding out who may be head of social or influencer marketing, that's one way to do it. But oftentimes, they'll find you. Now, how important is the photography, like if you're on Instagram or Facebook or the video, if that's what you're posting? I, I think it's extremely important um, to catch one's eye and attention. I, I, I think that uh, anything from video to uh, photos are good. And even if you could have in your videos uh, your um, uh, text underneath it. Mm-hmm. So if people can't necessarily listen to something and they're, for example, on the subway or on the bus and they can't, uh, they don't have their headphones, they can uh, basically at least read what the influencers are saying. What platforms are essential for influencers? Well, Instagram by far is the most influencer heavy platform, but the platforms you use depends on your niche. Uh, So, for example, if you're an industry leader discussing your profession, uh, an obvious choice would be LinkedIn. Uh, If you um, have a lot of uh, Twitter followers, uh, that may be uh, another uh, great area. We know that um, when Kylie uh, Jenner uh, basically uh, posted that uh, tweet on Snapchat, basically saying um, uh, that... uh, basically saying, so does anyone else uh, not open chat na- chat Snapchat anymore, or is it just me? Ugh, this is so sad. Basically, she had 24.5 million followers on Twitter, 118 million followers on Instagram, and with that one tweet that she tweeted, um, the, the, the company lost um, 1.3 billion dollars of market value just in that time. And then about four hours later, she um, posted, still love you, Snapchat, my first love. So an influencer can have a a real positive or negative effect um, instantly. So how are influencers compensated? So some some are compensated, some are not. Uh, for, For example, if you are looking at someone like Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez, she gets about $550,000 per sponsored post. She has 144 million followers on Instagram uh, compared to Kylie Jenner, who has 118, and the number one follower on Instagram that goes back and forth between Selena Gomez and um, uh, is Ronaldo, uh, the soccer player. So um, that's one example of someone who's getting paid a lot, but then you have uh, like a fitness star like Jen Selter, who um, has about 123 followers on uh, Instagram, and she gets about $15,000 per sponsored uh, post. Um, then you have employee advocacies. Uh, for example, Dell has 10,000 employee advocates who are part of this ab- employee advocacy program, and they aren't getting paid anything but their salary and being a brand ambassador for a company they, they very much love. And then you have these um, recognized experts experts in their fields, people like uh, Chris Penn, who's uh, very good in with regards to uh, artificial intelligence. You have Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a social media entrepreneur, and then Mary Smith, queen of Facebook, uh, that um, are experts in their fields and aren't necessarily getting uh, paid for anything, but then they do have speaking engagements 
that they do from time to time at conferences. And then uh, Leo Michaela, she's a virtual influencer. She has uh, 1.4 million followers on Instagram. She's an avatar and she's, she's not even real. And it wasn't disclosed until about a year later that she was 100% not real. So did we ever find out who was behind her? I mean, somebody had to invent her, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it was um, created by an L.A. startup called Brood, B-R-U-D. Okay. Interesting. So say I want to be an influencer. What are the first steps that I should take? So the first thing you have to do is find something that is uh, important to you. Uh, that you uh, want to identify a key brand or product uh, and you uh, create a, a, a bit of uh, affinity uh, to, to that product or that, that campaign that's going out there and just being part of the conversation. Now, does it help, uh, I mean, you know, something like Red Bull, I mean, that's already been done. Does it help to yep. find a product that may not be so mainstream, that might be looking for a higher profile? So, you know, it, it, it all depends. So, one, you choose the right niche. You work on your personal brand, uh, understand how you're portraying yourself, have a regular cadence of posting, uh, make sure you're choosing the right hashtags so your posts are easily discoverable. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget about engaging with your followers, both on your social pages as well as theirs, and tag relevant brands to your post and reach out to them uh, directly. So when you're posting, you can say at Unilever or at Procter & Gamble or at Coach uh, when, you're, when you're posting these uh, things. Okay. And they'll definitely see it. Okay, that sounds good. So, uh, Todd, so tell us how your company, TalkWalk, works with uh, influencers. How do you do that? Yeah, so we are a listening and analytics platform that empowers more than 2,000 brands and agencies to optimize the impact of their communication efforts. And in addition to that, we have a, uh, a product called Influencer One, which acts as a hub for managing and monitoring influencer marketing initiatives from choosing the most relevant brand ambassadors uh, from the millions available worldwide to monitoring your, your campaigns. Um, this Influencer One uh, management tool uh, actually uh, allows you, instead of using Excel to follow, let's say, 100 to 500 influencers, you're able to really see um, what they're doing, monitoring them, uh, putting notes on them, and it's a, it's a full uh, customer, or I should say, influencer relations management system to ultimately, um, as you as a brand, uh, able to, uh, to, to manage uh, the influencer audience. And when I say manage the audience, not managing them, so to say, but getting more information about them. So it's, is it right to say that you are sort of the link between the company and the influencer? We're just a piece of technology that makes things easier. So uh, we help bridge the gap uh, to help you identify those influencers who are most important to your brand and then being able to follow them and communicate with them. What types of companies are more likely to use influencers? So um, B2B and B2C brands across almost all verticals use influencers. 
but uh, I think B2C brands are more likely to have larger influencer marketing budgets and rely more heavily on it in their marketing mix. Mm -hmm. Are there major companies that we would recognize that are using influencers a lot? Like you mentioned Procter & Gamble, for instance. Yeah, so let me uh, let me give you the biggest one that everyone really uh, will will know, and that's Nike. Uh, they had their campaign featuring football player Colin Kaepernick right. as the face of their uh, as the face of their brand. And aside from the millions of brands and mentions generated in the space of the twenty fourth of um, uh, September when when this went out, the the, the brand hit a, a record high stock price. In the days following, sorry, it was on August 24th, and then um, saw a 31% bump in online sales between September 2nd and the 4th, which was an estimated $12 million. Uh, Nike knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, For most companies, uh, are these influencer marketing campaigns starting to take a bigger chunk of the advertising budget? I would say uh, yes. Uh, in terms of dollar amounts, I can't say that. What I can tell you is that um, the influencer marketing versus social media marketing, for example, uh, they're basically, if you if you look, a, we, we did a, an analysis on Google Trends, and the interest in influencer marketing, on marketing has never been higher, and it's even taken over the topic of social media marketing uh, about 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, can small companies use this too? I mean, is that something that a smaller company, a startup, or even, you know, an entrepreneurial organiz- company would, would try to use? Absolutely. Even uh, nonprofits can, um, can use their, um, their influencers. Nonprofits, um, that's interesting. Yeah, so, so organizations like UNICEF have their spokespeople mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. that are doing things uh, uh, pro bono. You have people like David Beckham and Angelina Jolie uh, that are ambassadors, and these are great influencers out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does an influencer differ from a spokesperson? Like, you know, we see ads on TV, uh, you know, like with Tom Selleck uh, or Joan London promoting various companies, are are they considered influencers or are they spokespeople? They are. They're they're a paid influencer. Um, they're a paid spokesperson. So uh, one thing that I I tend to um, side on is that uh, if you are having a spokesperson or an influencer online. Um, being transparent and, and saying that they, they, they are getting paid mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be transparent. Most people are okay with that. Well, and they that, come to forget it afterwards. Uh, well, and that gets to uh, what government regulations might uh, apply to all of this, because weren't there a few celebrities that got into trouble because they were being paid and weren't stating that they were being paid? Yeah, so in the last 18 months, legislators have grown more and more interested in the field of influencer marketing, which is not really that surprising when you see how much money some influencers can make. Mm -hmm. And in in the U.S., the first warning shot came from the FTC in April of 2017 with a wave of 90 letters going out to top influencers to remind them to clearly disclose their relationships to brands with an emphasis on the uh, unambiguous nature of that disclosure, basically in 2017 came the first ever complaint against social media influencers, which ended up in a settlement. And then this this phenomenon isn't limited to just the U.S. We've seen similar pushes happen in the U.K. 
under the authority of the Committee of Advertising Practice. And uh, there was one such fitness uh, influencer, you Shooter, who was even charged more than 10,000 euros for not disclosing his YouTube videos as infomercials. And all of these regulations can explain that we've seen a rise in the use of hashtags such as ad, hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored on platforms such as Twitter and Instagram. So basically um, what we're telling um, companies and advising them is that when you're creating your influencer campaigns in 2019 for next year, remember to have clear guidelines to get them to disclose their relationship um, with your brand. And of course, we've all heard about the mentioning impact of GDPR on right. brands doing business in, in, the, in the European Union, in the EU, uh, which will have to ensure that their process and the ones of the tools they're using are compliant with the new European data protection regulation. Mm-hmm. Do companies try to find influencers in foreign countries? I mean, I'm also thinking about, you know, Japan, China, places like that. Do they try to find influencers in foreign countries? Yeah, it all depends on um, who your, your influencer, what, what, where the company wants to sell their, their product, uh, for example, or get more visibility. So they are definitely listening, um, and that's one beauty of um, like our Influencer One platform is that you can actually see around the world who is talking about your brand, who has the most followers, who has the most engagement, or who has not the greatest following, but they get a lot of engagement on anything that they post, and they can be considered amplifiers and really good influencers in the making. So, uh, Todd, explain to us exactly what engagement means, because engagement doesn't sure. always lead to sales, right? No. Engagement is something that someone can retweet or mm-hmm. repost something that you've posted. They can like it, um, and, and they're sharing it. So, so those are one ways of uh, looking at engagement. And then another pure uh, dollar way of getting the engagement is, you have uh, an influencer talking about a product and there's actually a link directly to the e-commerce page for them to be able to to buy something. I mean, how does a company evaluate the worth of an influencer? I mean, do they are there boxes that they check or certain things that they are looking for this influencer to accomplish? So they, they need to basically... It's a good question. For the marketing strategy, they need a budget. So the companies need a budget. They need a strategy and the appropriate human technical resources to make an impact for the influencer, mm-hmm. for an influencer campaign. And what we've seen is that I often say, whether you want it or not, influencers are already discussing and having an impact on your brand. And today, if you're not including influencer marketing in your strategy, it would be like refusing to be, act, refusing to be active on social media five years ago. Mm-hmm. And influencer marketing is such a hot topic right now because the trust in the media is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. There's a decline impact of traditional advertising. About 47% of consumers are blocking intrusive ads. And there's a limited trust in brand content. So... Brands as a whole are looking for new ways to reach customers. And up until now, brands have mainly been experimenting with influencer marketing. And my prediction is, to start in 2019, things will get really serious. And influencer marketing will be an integral part of strategy of all forward-thinking companies. 
Well, how does a company figure out compensation for an influencer? I mean, I know that some influencers get free goods. Uh, that would be considered compensation, right? But others obviously are looking for a cash payment. Yes. Um, it's really all dependent on what the company is prepared to do, what their budget is. And most companies aren't um, uh, enterprise, uh, thousand employees that, um, I mean, there's, there's just plenty of them, the Fortune 500, for example, or the Fortune 1000 companies that um, uh, take influencer marketing very seriously. But then there are these um, mom and pop brick and mortar shops as well that need to get some um, creative influencer marketing uh, mm-hmm. there. So it all depends on the size of um, uh, budget you have, but you don't always necessarily have to uh, pay to play. So if someone wanted to become a marketer, uh, do can they look around their local community too to see what stores and businesses are there that they might work with as an influencer? Yeah, I, I think it could be very interesting. Um, someone, it, it, it depends the, the personality and the individual. If they really love this restaurant uh, so much that they go to or this bookstore that they go to, and there's a following online or a hashtag for that bookstore or, or website, uh, I, I would start by first posting and then introducing yourself. And, and it could be introducing yourself by potentially going there in person to that store and saying, hi, I'm so-and-so. I, I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm the one who's been talking about you all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the celebrities, Todd, because, you know, sometimes I look at some of the ones that are at the top of this influencer list. And, uh, you know, they are obviously, you know, somebody like Kylie Jenner is extremely wealthy. I think she's a billionaire at this point. Uh, I think she gets a million dollars for every post that she does. Well, I mean, you know, you sort of sit there and think, really? You want to continue to do this? Um, I mean, I suppose we can all, she can always use a million dollars. But, I mean, doesn't it ever get to the point where... Perhaps they want to do something else and not do influencer marketing? I, I, I think they are doing other stuff. Um, I think they have a team of people that are, that are helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to be a celebrity like a Kylie Jenner. Um, there are a lot of people making money out there as an influencer. Um, there's a YouTube gaming star. His name is... Um, Dan Middleton, um, Dan DTM, he's one of the highest paid social media influencers on the planet, bringing in around $16.5 million per year, according to Business Insider. He started his YouTube channel by focusing on daily Minecraft plays, Hmm. but since then has expanded to other games. How creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But the typical price tag... For an influencer with 500,000 to 1 million followers is about 5000 to $10,000. A post or? Yes. A post, okay. But now you've mentioned that you don't need to have millions of followers to do this. So, That's right. So that can be encouraging to someone who wants to start out and do this, right? Absolutely. Is is there a target market in terms of uh, age, uh, either in terms of the influencer's age or the uh, target market for those who are watching these influencers? Are we talking about young people exclusively? 
No, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think like Nike, they were definitely the millennials. Um, we saw it was really between like twenty-two and thirty-five-year-old that there was a lot of engagement uh, going on. But there are other products and services for other different demographics, uh, whether it's for females, males, uh, older generation, younger generation. Um, it, it really just depends. Mm-hmm. What are your predictions for the future? Where is all of this going? So, I, I, 93% of influencer marketing say, say that... Um, it can help build brand awareness. 76 say that influencer marketing helps boosting customer loyalty. And 73% of marketers say it's effective for uh, lead generation. And I, I feel that influencers will turn their personal brand into full-fledged business ventures to harness their reach and turn their social media success into profitable uh re- uh, revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Um, the proper disclosure of, of sponsored content and new regulations, as, as I mentioned, a bit, will play a significant role in making the influencer marketing world more professional and standardized. Mm-hmm. And with more data and software, uh, such as tools like uh, Talk, TalkWalker um, and our Influencer One, uh, brands will be able to detect influencers with um, uh, more information. And I think as we even get more technical savvy, uh, we will be able to um, detect influencers with, uh, we're not there yet, with fake followings or irrelevant followers to see better ROI. There are ways, and, and, and this is using our system, we've seen uh, very savvy customers, they're like, okay, there's something that's been, this is an influencer, they posted something, and then all of a sudden they got 50,000, I'm just using a number, 50,000 followers after that post. And then, Two weeks later, the followers just dropped off hmm. with little engagement. Hmm. And that could be uh, a warning signal that they may have paid to get all of those followers and engagement because there are services out there that can help you boost your influencer uh. profile. Uh. And it may not be as genuine. So there are ways to try to sniff that out. Oh, Tell me exactly, Todd, what your responsibilities are at your company. I am the CEO of the Americas, so it is my responsibility to um, to make sure that we have uh, happy employees here uh, who love their job. We're constantly uh, looking for, for talented folks and uh, providing uh, excellent uh, uh, value uh, service technology to our customers. And when we have happy customers, and happy uh, employees, uh, most of our clients stay with us and enjoy the, the technology and subscription that they have in using TalkWalker. So do you encourage uh, influencers to get in touch with you, or do you strictly deal with the companies? No, I think it's interesting. I, 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 we have a free service online called TalkWalkerAlerts.com, mm-hmm. and I think there are ways that influencers... If they want to start, if someone's up and coming in the field or they want to become an influencer, why not start following influencers and looking at trends and seeing what's making them successful and learning from them? Mm-hmm. Are you ever tempted? To, are you ever tempted to quit your job and become an influencer? <laughs> well, I, I I would love to do more writing. I just don't have the time, and I love my job. I love what I do. Um, I leave that up to um, others. 
uh, and maybe someday, uh, I'm, I love uh, the nonprofit world and education, and there are things that I'd like to um, start posting on with regards to that and become a little bit of a influencer in a more public view mm-hmm. uh, than private, because I have a lot of people calling me in terms of how to get started with a nonprofit, how to help build schools and things like that, and good facilities for, for children specifically in Africa. So that's what I kind of do on the side. Wow, that that sounds very interesting and certainly very worthwhile. Well, Todd, thank you so much for talking with us today about uh, influencer marketing. I think that this is going to be a podcast that people are really going to want to listen to if they want to get involved in this. And I think a lot of people do. So thank you for this. My pleasure. And have a great Thanksgiving. Okay, you too. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.